0: that you found your way here to our little corner of the podcasting sky. We have two very different shows to present to you today, so we hope you are you are as excited as we are.
1: To kick things off, we head back to 59E59 Theater to see Barococo, presented by Happenstance Theater. Well, now I saw this. You were, well, you were just busy doing busy things. Um, This was a really interesting work. I would call it borderline absurdist theater. And why borderline? And and, and I'm using absurdist theater in quotes. Because what made it kind of absurd is there's a loose story that you put together. The story's put together not by words. You fill in the blanks with context clues.
0: Okay.
1: You know, what the actors are saying or even the actions on stage for the bulk of it is not actually what ha- the, the, the main throughfare of the story is about. Okay. Based on what you kind of see the characters do, you start to piece together what actually is happening
0: mm-hmm. and that's
1: how you figure out what really is happening. Okay. So what the actors are doing is kind of a sidebar to what the main story is. And that's why I'm like, oh, this is kind of absurdist. And there's very little dialogue and there's some weird action and there's a whole pantomime food fight scene. Hmm. And it's a little, like I said, it's a little absurd, but it's like when everything was done I was like, Ha, huh, oh, okay. And like, this is clever. I would, I don't know who came up with this idea, but okay. Like, it's new, it's different. I, okay. Because at first I was kind of like, what are we doing? And then I was like, I started buying into the world because mm-hmm. i it's like watching an episode of Law and Order mm-hmm. where you're like, mm, something else is going on here, but what is it? And then when I finally figured it out, I went, oh, and, I, and it was like a game. Okay. The minute you figured out the game, you were playing the game with them and it got more exciting. So when I have seen some of the negative reviews about it, I've been like, you didn't get the game. you're, mm-hmm. you're And you're bitter that you didn't get the game. Um Think of this as like Molière meets Waiting for Godot meets the French Revolution.
0: Okay.
1: Um, the costumes and the wigs were so amazing, and they were so detailed.
0: Oh, I love
1: that. I've already mentioned that the scripts were very minimal, but the facial reactions and the body language is very key, very key. Um, the set, uh, the set in the time of the French Revolution, and that's important because I'm not going to give away the game or the. It was set in the time of the French Revolution. The message is as clear today as as when it's when it's set. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you kind of get that. Ah, okay. Um, Which is why I think this show works. You know, it's not one of those. Like when I think about um, when vaudeville or when theater kind of got its early beginnings back in the '30s, and I think about the subject matter, the stories that were being told, I'm like. Who would want to go see shows kind of unrelated? Like nobody wants to go see stories about kings of of the fifteen hundreds, and it's so unrelatable. But that's all they kind of had. But it was just at a place, you know. Mm-hmm. So now, like, we don't want to. It's hard to see a story about King Arthur, for example, because it's just it's not as relatable. So when you see something like this, i.e., the French Revolution, you're just kind of like, is it relatable? Mm, no, no. They make it relatable. They do a good job of it. Okay. Um, the pantomime scene that I mentioned about the food fight mm-hmm. was amazing. And as two people that have been taught pantomime at some point in their training.
0: Listen, I took state in pantomime when I was in high school. So it is, I understand.
1: It is that good. The awareness by this cast is so good. And the way that they... I mean, you saw everything moving and flying and hitting. I mean, it was so... I was happy to feel that. I didn't care who else was there. I was just living my best life. Um, It is an absurd, silly show with a powerful message. And the last two things I just want to say is, and, and this is for you, and if you look up the pictures of the costumes and the wigs and that, which you can see in their ad and that, they make and maintain their stuff themselves. Oh, wow. which is really impressive because if you go look at the wigs, it's not Party City wigs. and No, like they have spent the time to learn and do their stuff. They're a very small theater company from Washington, D.C., which I'm hoping we'll have on our podcast soon. Um, and, and on that, the cast and crew were just so, so warm and friendly afterwards. Um, it was really great to meet them.
0: I love that. Yeah.
1: Tickets for the show playing at 59E59 theaters are on sale through March 6th.
0: continue our journey we head to union square to the vineyard theater where we see vineyard theater and women's project theater production of sandblasted
1: this this was an absolutely stellar piece of theater first of all the women's project theater is located up on the upper west side and we've walked by it like a thousand times and i've noticed it and i so i was really excited to finally get to see a production by them um Oh my god, the script is riveting. It was so riveting. First of all, you walk in and you hear like this awesome old like Martha Gray and the Vandals or uh, Aretha Franklin playing, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm in my element." But you walk in and it's just sand everywhere. Mm-hmm. Flow. It reminded me of Indian Summer at Playwrights Horizon, except the sand was coming off the stage, it was, and it wasn't
0: lo- contained. It was... no, no, and
1: it wasn't like they. They had like built it to where like, you know, when it comes off the stage, like it's not, no, like the sand would, it was all moving. Like they would have to pack it before the show, you know, so it was incredible. And then the other cool thing was, and I've never seen this in a show, the set had a ceiling. So normally sets, you know, like the ceiling is open and that's where they have lights in that This had a ceiling, it had a sky that they had built And I had clouds and things that the lights would shine through. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it was a full covered, like full on ceiling. And I was like, never seen a show with a covered ceiling like that before. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So the set was what, you know, the sand, the clouds, all that, that struck me at first. I mentioned the script is riveting. There are hints and parallels to the pandemic and climate change crisis, which were incredibly smart.
0: Ooh, I love, a, I love a smart script.
1: Yeah, so they didn't they weren't being like, we're in the middle of a pandemic or we're in the middle of a climate crisis. They didn't say that, but there were just little hints here and there that you were like, you're saying, it's like tongue-in-cheek, like you're saying something, but you're actually saying something. Like I love the, I remember watching thunderstorms and I've just noticed they've been getting stronger and stronger and stronger and I wonder how strong they'll get and if I'll be here long enough to be able to see how strong I get. And I was like, I've heard climate scientists talk about storms getting stronger Mm -hmm. and I'm like that's mm, you know tap your nose and here you go so I was like that's and of course that's kind of one of the main things is that this like giant sand storm has taken over the world the world is covered in sand
0: Hmm. okay
1: Yeah, 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 yeah so I mean that's yeah the acting was so good Oh, the cast was so believable and so natural. I found myself completely consumed uh, in the story and the performance. Um, The parables and wisdom that was expelled by the show, especially by um, Aha, who -hmm. was Roland Watt's character, uh, was like the advice you'd get from a dear aunt or a granny. It was so sound and sage. So she was like this person who wasn't affected by anything. Okay. People are losing limbs, and then they just, like, disappear, kind of thing. hmm She's fine. And so everyone thinks she just knows something, and so the way she just kind of, like, philosophizes. Okay. It's profound. Because mm-hmm. she's someone that, like, I don't know anything, but she's wise within her limits. She doesn't talk out of her butt. Okay. Which is great. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so the, the, the
0: wisdom comes from her natural... Yes. Knowledge, not like she's trying to make herself important.
1: Exactly. The lighting was beautiful. The sky colors were unreal. You really would have loved that. Um, The sound was amazing between the amazing music, which I was digging, and the ocean and wind, especially the directional sound. So it was... Okay, so there was always either ocean or wind being heard. And when it was ocean or wind, it would be like all around you. But if ever music was playing, it was one speaker back to your left, and it was distant-sounding. And it was meant to be distant-sounding. Huh. Like a good time, but the good times were
0: In behind. the past. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And it was just like one of those things, and I was like, oh, every little design thing has just been thought through. So this is another one, you know, must-see, five out of five, like 10 out of 10, just, oh, my gosh. Go see the show. Go see the show. Tickets for
0: the show at Vine- Vineyard Theater are on sale through March 6th, 2022.
1: And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin.
0: Be sure to tune into our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday.
1: So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And
0: I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your mask on.
1: And keep talking about the theater
0: in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe.
1: You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod.
0: And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com.
1: Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by KG House and Billy Murray.